where we believe in making life what it can be. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Welcome. I'm going to get right into it right now. Right into the word of God. We have been doing a series, a kingdom living series, where we have been over the last few weeks, we've been speaking about the kingdom principle. And we have been ministering to you about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and how we as children of God are supposed to live. I just want you to turn your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 17, and I'm just going to read verse 20 to 21. Say amen when you're there. Only one person, amen. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> See, even my little one saying amen, yeah? That's destiny kids for you. Here's the word of the Lord. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Let us bow our heads. Father, we just thank you this afternoon for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. Father, we give and commit this moment to you right now, O oh God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way in this place. Touch each and every individual in this place today. Open their hearts, O oh God, to receive your word. Let it be a revelation unto them. Let it cause changes in our lives, O oh God. Let us hear the word just as the Spirit has uttered it today, Lord God. Open our hearts. Let our hearts receive it. Let it fall like the good seal in our soil today, oh God. Cause our ears to listen and to understand. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. amen. The principle that I'm going to teach today is called the growth principle. Yes. Yeah? So we, as I said earlier, we've been doing a kingdom living series where we have been opening up the scriptures according to kingdom living. When we become Christians, we learn about Christian living, but we don't learn about kingdom living. Yet Jesus came and he only really spoke about kingdom living. But because we have been existing a Christian life, we have not understood what Jesus meant by a kingdom life. So therefore, that's what we have been teaching over these weeks and praying that it has got into your hearts that you understand what Jesus came to do. Amen? The Bible tells us that some of the Pharisees came and they were asking Jesus about the kingdom, eh? which in, that's something that we probably all ask. We want to know how things happen. They wanted to know how things are going to happen. How is this kingdom of God? So their perception was that the kingdom of God is going to come, you know, Probably the heavens are going to open up and a big old kingdom like the fairy tale stories are all going to, it's all going to come down and it's going to cover the earth. And they wanted to know this and they wanted to know from Jesus, how will the kingdom of God look? And one of the things that Jesus said to them, it's not going to come in the way that you expect it to come. You're not going to say, 
There it is. You're not going to say, this is it. He was saying to them that you're not going to understand what the kingdom of God is because your, your senses are involved in the kingdom of God. And he didn't want their senses to be in the king. He didn't want their senses to rule over their thoughts. The kingdom of God is a spiritual principle. So therefore, it's nothing you're going to see, but it's something that you're going to experience. Amen? So Jesus began a description of the kingdom of God using parables, as was quite normal for him to do. And this is what he said, right? Matthew 13, if you put that up, please, 31 to 33. I'm just going to read verse 31 and 32. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in his branches. So that was the first principle that Jesus said to it, it that the kingdom of God is like a seed. He's, he's going to use a seed to usher in the kingdom of God. It isn't going to come in a tremendous, spectacular way where everybody's going to see it fall to the floor and, 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 and say, oh, oh God, and get all excited in that. God said it's going to be a process. Just like anything in life, it all starts with a seed. And so is the kingdom of God. It starts in the same way as you came to the earth, in the same way that the trees came to the earth, in the same way that every living thing has come to the earth. Everything started with a seed. And in the same way as it started with the seed, the kingdom of God starts with a seed. This is what he was trying to get them to understand. The kingdom of God begins as a small seed and it's planted inside of something and then it's worked through. When you plant a seed, it does, if you don't tend to it, it doesn't do anything. It will just be a seed. If you don't water it, eventually it will die. So what Jesus was saying is the kingdom of God, it's a seed. Jesus told us in Luke 8 and 11 that that seed is the word of God. Yeah? He told us what the seed was. The seed is the word of God. When a farmer plants a seed in a field, he plants it all over the field. If he wants a great harvest, he plants it everywhere. And depending on what harvest he requires, he plants the seeds in various parts of the field in order to produce fruit from the seed that was planted, yeah? So if he wants an apple tree, he's going to plant it in an orchard. If he wants grapes, he's going to plant it in a vineyard. If he wants oranges, he's going to plant it in a grove, yeah? So the grapes are in a vineyard, apples are in an orchard, and oranges are planted in groves. And when you plant those particular seeds in those places, the places that they are planted is conducive for growth. You can't plant them any and anywhere. They plant them in a place that is conducive for them to grow. The apple cannot grow properly in a grove because that's not where it's designed to be planted. Amen? The word conducive means when they're planted, they're planted in places that is favorable, helpful, beneficial, 
and contribute to its growth. So is the church of Jesus Christ. God's seeds are planted in human temples, in your temple, in my temple. It's planted in here. God chose, he didn't choose the soil of the earth. He chose the soil of the human being. He's in, his seed is planted in you. The field is called the church. Irrespective of what people think, the seed is the church. The soil is you, the seed is the, is the church, in the same way as the apple is the seed and it's in the orchard. There is a place that God plants his seeds and it's not everywhere. He's planting you in a place that is conducive for your growth. And the only place that you can grow and hear the God, word of God is in the church. Some people may disagree because they have an idea about the church and they have all sorts of ideas about the church. They bring the church's name down. But Jesus said in Matthew 16 that I will build my church. The church is the place that I'm going to plant the seeds and cause growth. Growth will come only through Jesus and only through the church. Jesus chose the church to plant you into and to plant the seeds into you. He didn't choose anywhere else. He said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Upon this, this rock, I will build my church. He's given you a key. He's given you a seed. And he expects your seeds to grow in the correct environment, which is the church. Can somebody say amen? amen? Jesus said in Philippians 1 and 6 that he who, the, the Bible says, sorry, in G, Philippians 1 and 6, he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When Jesus said he will build his church, when he plants a seed in you, it will take time, but it will grow. It will grow in the church. You cannot say, I've got Jesus, I've got that seed inside of me, and you stay away from church. You are not going to grow. The place that God, the field that God plants the seed in is the church. He wants you to be in here amongst other seeds, apples, oranges, grapes, or whatever he's planting in different places in the church. He wants you to stay in here so that we can become conducive together and grow. That is the growth principle. He also spoke about um, Matthew 13 and 33, please. He told them another parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through the dough. This second description let us know that it's something that's got to be the seed or the leaven has got to be worked into your system. Another word for yeast is leaven. So we're going to use the word leaven right now. So he gave this description and he says, it's like, a, it's like leaven. The only way that when you're making bread, how many people make bread in here? Yeah? When you're making bread. Yeah? Remember when I was younger, my mum used to make bread every Saturday without fail. She still does actually, even though we don't live at home. And what happens is when she used to put the seeds, the, 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 the yeast in or the leaven in, right, 
Okay, when, when she got a bit more sophisticated, she started to use the lump. But before that, we was leaving, using these little packets with little spitty seeds in it. And it smells. <laughs> but my mum would put that and she'd put it in some warm water. And she'd make sure that it permeated all over the bowl. So this seed that she put had to cover the whole bowl. And then you see it started to bubble up. Yeah? And that's the, the, the yeast ferminating in there. And the yeast is getting right through. And then she'll add the other ingredients in. Yeah? She'll put the, the flour in and then whatever else you put in. And then she'll start to mix it with her hand. This is what, the, that's, this is what happens to you and I. The seed goes in, right, just as Jesus described it. And then there's a mixture going on. And it's uncomfortable because there's a bubbling. There's a bubbling happening inside of you, yeah? And then after you get it, and then when she put the flour and everything in else, guess what happens now? The kneading process. The kneading process is the molding process, yeah? Friction. Friction starts to come. The only way to make the dough come together in order for it to rise is there got to be a friction happening. So when you're kneading, you're pressing, you're pressing. Is that happening in your life? You're pressing, you're being pressed, you're being molded, you're being shaped. God is molding you. He's taking you, the Bible tells you like the potter, the, the clay on the wheel. But this time, this kneading is going on. And God's pressing harder and harder. And he's shaping you. He's shaping you to how he wants you to be. Some of you might be rolls. Some of you might be bloomers. Some of you, you know, there's got all different names for bread today. Some of you might be slices, yeah? But he's molding you to the shape that he wants you to be but he's used that seed and what does the seed do the the purpose of the yeast is to make growth but you can't get bread until you have the kneading process you can't have the kneading process and the bread grows without there being a pressing uh, uh, without the seed being there and and being permeated through and as you it's warmth that causes yeast to grow it's warmth yeah so the more that God molds you and molds you and presses you and flings you over have you ever seen somebody needing yeah? and then <laughs> and especially those people that make pizza and sometimes that happens when you want the yeast, you start slamming the yeast in there, and it actually makes it good. Sometimes that's what's going to happen in the house of God. Sometimes in order for that seed, that kingdom seed inside of you, you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to be kneaded. You're going to be tossed. You're going to be banged. You're going to be kneaded. God's knuckles is going to get into you, and he's going to rub you up and down. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Can somebody say amen? Yeah? Friction is uncomfortable. That yeast needs to go in all areas of your life. That is your reasoning, the actions that you have. That needing, that yeast needs to get through all that. God wants that seed that he's putting you, your reasoning, your attitude. He wants all that to... The, the leaven that the world has had put in you, he wants to take that leaven out and put a new leaven. So when he's rubbing you up and down, some of us, that seed is dealing with our attitudes. Because the kingdom of God doesn't have the same attitude as the kingdom in, of the world. And we have been leavened by the world. We've been leavened. 
right? So our attitude is that of the world, that seed that was in us, that was growing, growing over time. And some of us, before we gave our lives to God, that seed has taken root in there and it's beginning to grow and it continues to grow. As I said earlier, the apple is in the orchard. Once the yeast is in and the molding takes place, there's a waiting period, yeah? Put the dough there. It hasn't risen yet. It's, got, it's gone through all the pressing and the kneading and the da, da, da. But guess what? It hasn't grown yet. And sometimes we forget that there is a waiting period. Sometimes when you put that dough in it, it does not rise straight away. Sometimes we believe when we go through the suffering and the pressing and the molding and the making, that there isn't a waiting period. We think that we've suffered long enough. Some of us. But you haven't suffered long enough because there is a waiting period. My mum used to put the yeast in back into the bowl and then she used to take a cloth and cover it. And then we'd go out shopping and then mum would come back in and she'll do this. Not risen enough. <laughs> then we'll go and do the housework etc, etc. And sometimes this was hours later. And then my mum will come back in and she'll remove it. And that thing that we saw, that thing that was in the bowl, that dough that was in the bowl, ris had risen to the top. Right? It had done its time. But it took a long time. Time for that seed to permeate through everything, through the friction, through everything that it had to go through. It took time before it grew. It took us to go out shopping, come back in, do all the housework before we came back and that bread was ready. That is the growth principle. There is a waiting. And you've got to be positioned in the correct place that's conducive. You can't just put that leaven anywhere. It can't go anywhere in the house. It has to go in a place that was the right environment for it to grow. Some of us, there's a seed inside of us that God has put down there and we go into other environments not conducive for growth and wonder why we're not growing. That's not the principle of God. He says, once I put that seed inside of you, I've told you where to go. I've showed you the place to go that you may grow. If you go outside of the place that God said, God's saying the environment, the weather is not good for you. Some of us go into other environments and we just do not grow. So that is a principle of God. The Bible tells us in the Bible tells us in Exodus 12 and 39. The children of Israel, they had left Egypt. When they left Egypt, they had to bake unleavened bread and leavened cakes. So that means when it's unleavened, there's no growth. It looks like crackers. Yeah, it's flatbread. And the reason why is they couldn't leaven the cakes that they were making because they had to get out of Egypt in haste. 
Some of us have to get out of Egypt quickly. But when they came out, there was no growth in them. They had just been in Egypt and they were living under the leaven of Egypt, like some of us, yeah? But God says, when you come out of that leaven, I want you to go quickly, and I want you not to take their leaven with you. I want you to, you're gonna, some point, you're gonna end up with my leaven. But when you come out of Egypt, leave Egypt's leaven in Egypt. That's why they could not leaven the bread when they came out. They had to leave in haste and leave the leaven where it belonged there because somewhere along the line, God was going to plant a leaven that will cause some growth in them outside of that environment. They could not grow in Egypt. So they had to leave. In fact, God had to drive them out. The leaven, the, 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 the cakes that they ate, finally was, became the cake that was, that, that the, the leaven, unleavened bread that was connected to the Passover. <laughs> That's why we've got these, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm at that age. Sorry. So as I was saying, sorry, Egypt was the wrong environment to grow. The way that the, Egypt, the Egyptians lived, the leaven that was in them was one that was against God. They didn't want to know anything about God. So this, this growing selfish thing that came on, they lived the life that the 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 Egyptians were li li living, that there was no growth in them. They couldn't grow healthily because the leaven of the Egyptians didn't permit them. In fact, they were slaves in Egypt. So were we. We were slaves. Amen. Amen. So when God put his leaven inside of you and called you out of the world, out of Egypt, when he called you and I out of this world system, he didn't want us to take the leaven in church with us. He didn't want us to take those attitudes that we had, those things that we grew up with. He didn't want us to take that leaven in with us. Jesus said to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What was the leaven of the Pharisees? He told his disciples to be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. Jesus then went on to tell us that the leaven of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. What is the one thing that the church is always accused of? Hypocrisy. Because the way that Jesus looked at the Pharisees is the way that the world looks at us. Hypocrisy means you say one thing and you do not live it. So Jesus likened that to the leaven of 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They knew the word of God, but it wasn't conducive in them. They couldn't live it. They were placing it on the people, but they couldn't live it. And that's how the world looks at the church today. They want to see the leaven that comes from heaven and not the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is religion. Jesus detested religion. He didn't like religion at all because what he knew is that religion was hypocrisy. You live a hypocritical life when you are religious. He constantly, constantly was on at the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they were the representation of God. And he's saying, hang on, you are not representing the Father with all your hypocrisy, laying burdens upon the people. That is not the leaven from heaven. That is not the kingdom seed that God had come to produce in his people or his representatives. Hypocrisy. He then went on to say that there was a leaven from Herod. He says, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven, leaven of Herod. So I said, what's this leaven of Herod? Let me find it. <laughs> Mark 8 and 15. Jesus warned about this leaven that was from Herod. And as I read that in Mark 8, I thought, what's, what's the leaven of Herod? I understood what the leaven of the Pharisees was because you can see all the way through. I didn't understand what the leaven of Herod was. So as I began to research, I realized that the leaven of Herod is a system in which we live in in this world, which we all have within us. And it's a leaven that has to die. That leaven is an obstinance. The obstinance came in this form. Karl Marx said this about religion. Religion is the opium of the people. What he meant there was, it is people like you and me that want to believe in God, want to believe in Jesus. It's a pleasant illusion for us. It makes us feel good just to know. He disregarded God. That's the level of Herod. Disregarding God, saying that everybody that's religious, I'm going to use the word religion because we understand what it means, okay? So everyone who calls on God, desires God, he was saying that we are an oppressed people and we are looking for some way out to make ourselves feel good. He disregarded that God was doing the work. He was saying we found religion in order to make ourselves feel good. Herod had a system and he had laws. But Herod himself did not live by those laws. He was an obstinate man. And he didn't live by those laws. So the leaven that was in him was the one that Jesus also despised and warned us against. He says, don't live the system of this world. Do not criticize the seed of God. If that's what you're doing, stop it. It's an obstinance and it's a leaven from Herod. Amen. That same system, that same system of Herod is how the world tries to infiltrate the church. They try to 
plant seeds of the world inside of you. Have you ever, ha ever had a conversation with someone and you say, you're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in you. Oh, that crap. Oh, that crap. All that Je Oh, that Jesus. No. All that religious stuff. I just, no, no, no. It's not for me. Um, you guys are hypocrites once again. Hypocrites. No, don't like, don't like what it represents. That, that, that leaven that's been sown in them for the world is a bit like what Karl Marx was saying is they believe that, that, that it, it's just old. It's archaic. It's done. There ain't God. You've made up God for yourself. When you guys come together, it's only because you, it, there's an old obstinance in their reasoning and it can creep into the church because when we're up here and we're being told the word of God and we refuse with with utter obstinance to follow the word of God and then the preachers get up here and they preach a word and we can't receive it because we don't want to because we don't believe in it and it's not for us but if it's in the word of God it's for you why do we stand obstinate against it for instance if the bible tells us to to forgive it we find it so hard the leaven of the world is in us because it's telling us and it's growing it's saying an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth if you do that to me I will do that to you that is the leaven of the world then you come into the kingdom of God and another leaven is put into you the leaven from the kingdom of God and he says forgive that person and we struggle and we struggle and then God has to get that seed back in and then the molding starts all over again you need it you need it blam, blam, blam. because God says I need to do some more needing in you because the leaven that is of the world is still in you. Herod's leaven is still in you. The Pharisees and the Sadducees is still in you. When you're a person and all you do is you're all about religion and people can't reach you because there's no grace and there's no mercy in you. That is the leaven that comes from the world and it's brought into the church. We come in here with our leaven from the world and we can't put the leaven of grace back into us because we've taken that and we are we we stopped oh lord how can you be in a field that's the same of you and you don't want to talk to it because it make you mad i said earlier the church is conducive for your growth. Irrespective of what goes on in it, it is conducive for your growth because the word of God is being preached in here. The word of God is conducive for your growth. Therefore, we cannot allow the leaven from out there to come in here or else all of us will not grow. This is the growth principle. This is what God wants us to do. You are going to keep being on that slammer every single day, being needed, being molded, and waiting longer than you ought to. There's a process. Let me tell you something. Do you know what stops yeast or leaven from rising? That's just there's something that prevents, you think you just put yeast in there and it just rises anyway because that's its purpose. Amen? Anything that's acidic. Bitterness is acidic. Anything that's sharp tasting, a bad attitude is acidic. Anything that is sour 
unpleasant, a bad temper, anger. They're all, look it up in the dictionary. They're all acidic and they will prevent yeast. In the natural, that's what prevents yeast from growing. Could you imagine in the supernatural? So if you have bitterness in your heart, if you have an attitude, if you are a sour person, you will not grow because it's that very thing that stops yeast from growing. Could you put up um, Luke 22 and 7 on the screen for me, please? You can turn your Bibles to tw Luke 27. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. Says it all. Where there is no growth, it says unleavened bread, yeah? Unleavened bread is when it's unleavened, means there's no growth, yeah? Where there's no growth, it tells you afterwards, Something has got to die. Where there's no growth, I'm, I'm paraphrasing for you. Where there's no growth, something had to die. If there's no growth in your life, if your yeast is not growing, the Passover must be killed. Something in your life must die. in order for you to grow. Jesus took on the ultimate sacrifice of becoming the Passover. He was the Passover lamb in the Old Testament. He was the lamb that was slain, lamb of God that was slain in the New Testament. He already purposed it for you. He already atoned it for you. The day of unleavened bread, he was passed over. He was killed. He was killed in your place. But today you've still got a responsibility if there's unleavened bread in your life. You've got to kill it. You've got to kill it. You've got to kill it. It's got to die. Keep the sour tasting things away. Anything that's acidic in your life. Any person that's acidic in your life. If you're around people in an environment and they're bitter, they're going to kill your growth. Keep away from them. They're not conducive for your growth. Don't set yourself in an environment where you cannot grow. The Bible says... In, when, they, when they had to come out of Egypt, they had to make haste. And that's what God is saying to you today. If there is unseated people in your life, run! You won't grow. Run! Leave them there. See them as acid. If there's bitter people around you, run! You won't grow. You won't grow because their leaven will infiltrate you. Their level... Listen... They always say, you know people by their company. Right? The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You cannot say that you are a person in church of God and you hang around with other people that don't want to know. Sometimes we hang around people and we say, oh, well, 
you know, no, that's not really, 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 that's my good friend and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they don't want to know nothing about church. No, you know what? They're not interested in that. But we're still hanging around there. Don't get me wrong. I ain't saying you can't hang around with your unsafe friends. What I'm saying is be careful of the leaven. Be careful. Solomon was the wisest man of all time. But when he started to mingle in, with the women that don't want to know nothing about God. When he started to mingle in, their leaven came upon him. So he started to build all their little temples all over the place. And that's what happens with you. Leaven can jump in. It will jump into you. And, it will, and because your natural nature is geared towards the world, it's easy for that leaven to come in. Because guess what? You understand their leaven because you've been there before. And sometimes it's through understanding their level why we push it to say, no, no, they're all right. Yeah, well, yeah I know what they be there. The leaven that's in you is, came out of Egypt. The leaven that's in you now ran from Egypt. So why would you go back into Egypt for their leaven once again? When God said, make haste and get out of it, you won't grow. You won't grow. The ultimate sacrifice was already paid up for you so that the seed from the kingdom of heaven could, could be in you, prepare you. It will take time. We, we've become a, a society of people that want everything now. We don't want to wait no more. But the kingdom principle is a waiting principle. You've got to wait, to grow. Sometimes we know people that's been in church for 20 years and we wonder why they haven't grown. Growth comes in different stages. Sometimes you don't know why they're not growing. There's things that God's got to do in you that's different from what he's got to do in me. Things take time. And what happens with us is we don't want to wait because the leaven of the word is in us that gives us that seed that's called impatience. Yeah? We want our dinner quick, we slam it in the microwave. No growth. Because as soon as that microwave heats up that food, do you know as quickly as it heats it up is as quickly as it gets cold? Huh? As, as quickly as it does, it's as quickly as it gets cold. Put it in a good oven and make it warm. When you're going to cook the chicken, don't put it in the microwave. Put the chicken in the oven. Let it take the time that it needs to take to cook thoroughly. None of this microwave cooking thing. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You hear me? Right? None of this microwave cooking thing. No, it doesn't cook thoroughly. It's the, the microwave wasn't even designed for that. And all the rays and everything that comes with it, it's, it's just not good. God knew waiting is good. Every area of our life, we got to wait. The Bible tells us time and time again, wait on God. Wait on God. Don't force ripe something, as my mum would say. Don't force ripe it. Don't let it be ripe before it's time. Yeah? When the farmer um, plants his seeds, he waits a season. And sometimes different things have different seasons. You hear it in the world, isn't it? Oh, it's the season for the poppies now. It's the season for the lilacs now. It's the season. All of them, I have a plant at home that looks something like this. And every summer, a, a white bud comes up on it. But it only comes up in the summer. Right? 
it's been with me about, I think I've had it maybe seven years um, where I live, and I only see that white bud in the summer. It does not come out in the winter because it's not the environment for it. Sometimes some of us have to wait for the environment, the right environment. Sometimes when you're frustrated and you're not growing and you think God isn't moving for you and he isn't doing this, why, I ain't, why am I not there yet? Why am I not here yet? Because you don't want to wait. There's a waiting time. The harvest will come. But the harvest will come after you have waited. God needs to, to unleaven some of the world's leaven that's in you. And he needs to start to, he's continuing that, that, that needing process inside of you. And some of you are feeling uncomfortable today. Some of you are feeling, you're having a season of being uncomfortable. You've got to see that season as the season that you are being molded. You are being needed. And then God is going to take that and plant you in the right environment. Yes, if you're usher and you think you need to be up here on the stage, you're going to have to wait that season as well. And that's what happens in the church. Sometimes we have to be careful. Sometimes we're in places that we ought not to be and we're stopping somebody that ought to be in there. They've been needed. They have been, they've been in the right environment and sometimes God will raise them up before you even though they come into church after you because you've got to wait. God was able to do something in them before he was able to do it in you and then he may have had something different for you that's a kingdom principle sometimes we have to realize that Amen. growth takes time don't try and push somebody out of their growth period you'll frustrate them you'll frustrate them they know they're not ready god knows they're not ready the only person that thinks they're ready is you change your attitude look to god if you think they're not ready, get down and pray and continue to water them. The only way something grows is when you water it. It's your job, right? Don't criticize it. Don't leave it dry. Use the water of grace, the water of mercy, the water of blessings, and bless them. Help them up. If you go to a vineyard, grapes bunch together. That's how they grow. They bunch together. They grow together. When you get a bunch of grapes, you have to pick them off from one another. And it takes a bit of force. It takes a bit of force. It's the same way here. We're supposed to be connected like grapes. Each one of us are grape seeds. We know that olives, olives have to get crushed before the anointing comes out. Before that precious oil comes out of them, they're crushed. They're crushed in there. They're crushed. Sometimes when somebody's going through a crushing, right? Don't criticize them because they're going for a crushing. They're feeling a certain way. Stuff is going on in their lives. Sometimes that's God just pressing them, pressing them, pressing them so that the oil can come out of them. Wait for the oil. Don't look at the crushing process. Pray for the crushing process. Pray that they will grow. Pray that that oil will come out. That oil of anointing will come out of them. That's the kingdom principle. That's what God wants in us. Shannon? It's time for us to sacrifice for growth. There are things in our own lives that we've got to sacrifice in order to grow. There are things that we have to leave in order to grow. There is some environments that we've got to come out of in order to grow. There are some people 
We have to leave in order to grow. There is some pressing that we're going to go through in order to grow. It's going to feel uncomfortable. People are going to be uncomfortable around you because they don't understand what this pressing is. They don't understand what this leaven is. They don't understand that you're trying to do away with the leaven of the Pharisees that was in you, that religious spirit that God is trying to get out of you and he's trying to put in the kingdom leaven inside of you, the one that displays grace, love, favor, mercy, understanding. The Bible tells us about the fruit of the spirit, patience, kindness, that's what God is trying to build in us. That's the only way we're going to grow. When they were talking about eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, Jesus said it's not so. It's no longer, that's no longer it. The kingdom of God doesn't deal with people how the world deals with them. He deals with us with grace and mercy. And if we begin to deal with each other with grace and mercy, we're going to see growth in the church. We're going to see people growing. If we concentrate and keep ourselves on watering people, even when they're down, when they're down, instead of saying they've got, they're obstinate or they've got a bad attitude, I don't want to talk to that sister, I don't want to talk to that brother, know that they're going through a pressing understand that they're going through a pressing they're going through a molding they're feeling uncomfortable the friction of the needing is rubbing them up and down and it's rubbing them hard so when they're rubbed hard and they're a bit bent out of shape it's because the molding is still taking place they haven't become that perfect round bun yet they're still like this because god is still molding and molding them and this is what we would have to understand the world will say you've been in the church long enough oh how come you're still hypocritical why are you still like that your job is to say i'm still being molded by my father i am still in the pressing field I'm being pressed, I'm being needed, I'm on the potter's wheel. Make them to understand that is what is happening to you. So when your face looks distorted like that, you know that God's molding something round and round and round. And that's what, he that's what we have to see when we look upon each other or someone that's going through a hard time in the house of God. Because it's in this environment where it's conducive for growth. It's when we get them in here where we can start working on them, where we can allow God to mold and shape them. And instead of criticizing them and stop talking to them, we have to say, they're going through the growth process. Oh my God, she looks distorted. He looks distorted. God is doing something. My God, he's got her on the spinner's wheel. Oh, he's got her. He's molding her. Look at that clay. Look what she's becoming. Look what he's becoming. God is needing them. They're on the slammer. They're being slammed left, right, center. Everything in their life is going wrong. And God is molding and molding and molding and molding. That's the kingdom growth principle. It doesn't look pretty. The attitude that's got to change in us is that everything that God does looks pretty. Sometimes we come up here and we don't want to cry at the altar because we don't want to look 
pretty. We don't want our hair to be all over the place. We don't want our clothes because everything we want to look pretty. But God is a God that he upturns everything. Jesus went into the temple and he upturned what was going on in there. It wasn't a pretty sight. He turned over the tables. He took his whip and he began to lashing. It's not pretty. In order to grow, it ain't going to look pretty. Sometimes you're going to be hiding for a season because you're underground. You're in the dirt. You're in the soil. You're in the good soil. Some of us have to wait to go in the good soil. Sometimes when the word of God comes, it falls, as Jesus said, it falls on some thorny grounds. So you can't see it because it's being choked up. But the Bible says that it will fall on good soil. And when it falls on that good soil, you begin to water it. But you've got to wait for a season for it to grow. You might see a little stem come up from the floor. You might see it cracking through. And when it's cracking through, water it some more. Water it some more with the Word of God. Water it. When you see it coming up, nourish it. Nourish it. Let that seed permeate. Let it take its place. Don't move it from here to there. Don't move your church. Stay in it. If it's causing you to grow, if you're going for a season, don't move from church to church. If God's got you in one environment, don't move off into another because he's doing something with you. If six brothers and four sisters are getting on your nerve, God is doing something with you in that environment. He wants you to look at something that's inside of you. Eleven that's in here that won't grow because bitterness has overtaken. And God's saying, I'm going to mold you because I'm going to take the acid out of you and I'm going to pour in water from heaven. If that's you, if that's affected you at any time, stand to your feet, stand to your feet in this place. If you know that there's an element of the leaven or the yeast of the world that's still in you, I want you to come to the front. And I believe each and every one of us has got a bit of leaven that's causing us not to grow. There's an unleavenedness that's in us that's flat. And there needs to be some growth. And we need to come away from the environment that's stopping us from growing. And we need to come into the environment of God and allow him to mold us, allow him to shape us. Some of us are not allowing him to slam us on the potter's wheel. Some of us are not allowing us him to need us. We're allowing the world to get their hands in to the mire of our lives. And we're allowing them to put the flour in. And we're allowing them to put the sugar in and put the butter in. And we're allowing them to mix us around and round. And we're allowing them to need us instead of God needing and needing your life. Instead of that, we're allowing the world to dictate. Some of us don't want to come out in an environment that God has been saying, get out of, make haste. Run from it. Some of us are not growing because we're still in that environment and we're looking for a way out of it. And God's saying, make haste. Come out with your unleavened self because I'm going to leaven you up. I 
am going to cause growth in your life if you will let me. 